Well, hello and welcome to New City Church. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at New City Church. And today, for the first time ever, we are doing this as a video teaching. And I am, if you're curious, hey, where is Matt teaching? Where is he standing? Well, I'm at our Edgerton location. And I'm here actually on purpose. Because I wanted to use this as the platform to talk about uh, what God is doing. And not only what is He doing now, but what God has done But also, what do I think and the staff team believe God is going to do as we move into the new year? Is this something that we're going to do every Sunday? No, not at all. But there will be times, some rare occasions, where we will come to you through a video messaging. And the why behind that is so that I can communicate to all the campuses, to all of our congregation, about the things that are central to all of New City Church. Here at Edgerton, man, God's been doing some great things. And uh, for those of you at Shawnee who hear the stories, maybe you've never been out here, I just want to encourage you to come and visit sometime and see what all is God is doing. 11 months old. I'm in, I'm in a standing in a church building that uh, last year uh, was down to just a handful of people in 11 quick months. Man, now they are currently averaging on Sunday attendance 160 people. Is that not awesome? 160 people from like 7 to 160. This year, uh, this point, they've baptized over 20 people. That's tremendous. I am so, so, so proud of Casey and the staff team at Edgerton. I'm also proud of the leadership at Edgerton. Those people who are stepping up, you guys, the congregation there, who are just doing a tremendous, fantastic job of welcoming, welcoming our communities, welcoming new people to the church, and then including them into the great, great, great gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, it's a beautiful thing. There's a similar story at Shawnee. Man, when Edgerton turns one, we'll turn four. Man, and I am just as amazed what God has done in Shawnee over the past four years as I am with what's happened in the first year of Edgerton. This year in Shawnee, we'll baptize, we have baptized thus far over 30 people. And it's just been a great thing. And like Edgerton, way, way, way too many uh, community outreaches to count and to keep track of. We are still very much involved in our community. Now, the reason that I want to speak to all the congregation this weekend is I want to talk about um, this family. We are a family. We're a lot of individual families that come together and make up this collective that we call New City Church. And you just came from Thanksgiving dinner this week. Uh, I'm going to be eating a lot of food. I'm sure you ate a lot of food. All of that stuff's happening. And I'm probably going to assume that for some of us, we didn't have the best time with that family that gathered around that table. You know, you've got that aunt, that uncle, that cousin, that sister, that brother. And sometimes they're difficult. And sometimes it's just hard to get along around the family table, which makes me think of a really interesting question. How in the world can a church family, the size of New City Church and how it is continuing to grow, how do we continue to invite new people around the table? How do we continue to invite the same people around the table? And how in the world, over a year and over four years, do we continue to be able to get along and actually like and love each other? How are we doing that? Well, our family has rules. Our family has expectations. Our family has guidelines. Our family has values. And up until this Sunday, our values have been kind of unspoken. They've been there, but they've been unspoken. They've been sometimes mentioned. They've been sometimes talked about. But the values haven't necessarily been declared as saying, hey, this is who we are as a people. And today I want to give you those. There's seven of them. And I'm not going to give you all of the blood and the mud and how this is fleshed out. And the truth is why I'm not going to do that is because I don't have that information yet. See, these seven values that I'm going to share with you are the result of over two months of praying 
and listening and asking questions and making observations and just seeing uh, not who do we want to be, but who are we currently as a church. We've been working to identify um, what are the unspoken, the undeclared things, values that drive this current collective of people that we call New City Church. And this is what we've discovered. And I think for the majority of us, specifically those of you who call New City Church your home, these seven are not going to come as a surprise to you. You're going to be like, well, of course. I clearly see these things. But today, we're going to declare those. And we're going to say, this is who we are going forward. And it's going to make some of you just link up with us even that much harder, that much stronger. And then for others of you, a few, a few of you, you're going to say, man, is this really the church that I want to be a part of? And both of those things are really, really important. For this reason, I want to know as one of your pastors when it's time to go to a spiritual war, right? Like when I need somebody to pray for me, when I need someone to serve alongside of me, when there's an opportunity and man, we got to go. I want to know that the men and women to my left and to my right are people that are on board with who we are as a church. Man, we're not looking for fans, people who stand on the sidelines and clap for the new city story. No, 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 no. Who's in the game? And who's playing with us? Who has the battle scars to show that this is my family? So let's look at these seven things. And they're in a particular order, specifically the first one. And the first one is the foundation in which all the other values are built upon. And our first value, if you want to write this down, is we value truth. We value truth. Now, truth could be subjective, so let me define it for us. When I say truth, I'm speaking about the Word of God. That we look at the Bible, the Old and New Testament, as our absolute truth. Now, what does that mean for us? What does that value mean for those of you sitting in the congregation? Uh, maybe for those of you who are considering joining this family that we call New City Church. For those of you who are clearly apart, like, Matt, what do you mean? Like, what does that value mean for me? It means this. When there comes time for prayer, and when there comes time for questions, and when there comes time to kind of... Um, trying to figure out our culture and to figure out what we should do next, where we should, what we should lean into, what we should back away from. When we have any type of question, we don't go to TMZ. We don't go to CNN or Fox News. We don't ask our buddies for insight. We look to the Word of God. And we allow the Word of God to speak truth into our lives. And there might be times when we read it as an individual and we say, wow, that's so hard to swallow. But you know what? We're going to submit to what God says. And here's why this truth is so important to us. All those other formats, all those other ways that we learn, the information that we get from our friends, the things that we read in the paper and online resources, the shows that we watch, those opinions and those truths tend to change over time. But the Word of God stands true forever. In Hebrews we read that that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So don't go chasing some strange new teaching that ebbs and flows with the cultural wind. We value truth. And so when you come to me and you come to another staff member and you have a question on spiritual things, you have a question on marriage, you have a question on giving, you have a question on life, you have a question on career, you have a question on children, we're not going to say, well, here's what I think and here's what I feel and I saw this the other day on a TV show. No, 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 no. We're going to say, let's see what we read about and what we learn and what we understand from the Word of God. That's our first value. And it's the value of the truth found in Scripture. Now, the second one is a really close second. The second one is this, is that we value spiritual maturity. 
We value spiritual maturity. When you hear that value, I want you to think of movement. I want you to think of progression. I want you to think of starting something and finishing something. Maybe you could think of a race. I was once asked the question in a class, uh, in, a, in a college course, and the, the professor asked, what is the most important thing? Starting the race, running the race, or finishing the race? And it led to a great discussion, and kind of where the class landed the plane, it was kind of a mixture of answers. That is, although it is important to run the race, we want to finish the race. Now, anybody can start something. We've all started stuff and not completed it, right? And it's important to run, but man, to fix our gaze on the finish line and say, that's where I'm going. That's movement. But there's something else to it. It's not that just you and I finish the race and that we just hunker down spiritually and we say, I'm going forward and we finish the race. There's more to it. It's that as I finish the race to the best of my ability, I want to help and make sure that those behind me also finish the race. That I'm going to be mature in my walk and that it's not just about me, that I want to take responsibility as a spiritual coach, maybe a spiritual parent, and say, listen, I want to bring you along. Don't quit. And, you, and it's, it's that idea. As you're running, you say, no, listen, I don't want you to stop. I don't want you to quit. Come on, run with me. Watch how I run. Watch my breathing pattern. Watch my stride. Watch what I do. Because my eyes are fixed on the finish line. Because what I know is what you know. Those of us who are running, and our eyes are fixed on the finish line, they're also fixed on the person that we're following. The man, the woman that's also discipling us and leading us that we're drafting off of. Nobody runs alone. Nobody runs alone. And so that idea, that value of spiritual maturity looks like this for you in this congregation. You are so welcome here where you are. But man, we are going to run, and we want you to run with us. And we're going to encourage you to run with us. Man, we will shout from the stands, quit watching the race and come and run with us. That is the value of spiritual maturity. Now let me talk to you about our third value. Our third value is family, and it plays very, very well right off the, the value of spiritual maturity. Because the value of family, we could say it like this. We value your family, we value our family, and we value the next family. Now what, we have all types of families here. There's all different makeups, uh, all types of, like some are single, some are married, some are divorced, some are divorced, remarried, sometimes multiple times over. Like we have such a collection of families that we, have to, we value that in the sense that, listen, we're, we're going to accept you right where you are, but there is movement, that maturity piece, right? But what about like your family, our family, the next family? What does that look like? Well, we value all those. Like when you come in with your family, whatever it might look like, we're glad you're here. We're going to welcome your family. We're going to love your family. We're going to serve your family. We care about your family. Everything that we do at New City Church and all of our different ministry areas are so that at every level, right, your family from little to old, that they might be inspired to trust in and live like Jesus. Our Kid City ministry, our student ministry, our adult ministries and story groups and discipling groups, all of those sorts of things are, have that foundation of we care about how your family functions and the success of your family. That's your family. What about our family? When I say our family, I'm thinking about this church family, this collective of all of these individual families that come together as one. We value that. We protect it. We exercise the Scripture where Jesus says, if you are offended, you need to go to that person. Like We, we protect the, the attitudes against the attitudes of like gossip and dissension and people who just like to stir it up. Like as In, in this family, we don't do that. And if it's happened, it doesn't happen very long. We have to protect those things because there's nothing the enemy would love more than to divide this family. 
and myself, along with several other pastors and several of our leaders in our church, listen, I am try to be so aware of any of that stuff in our body. And I'll have the hard conversation because I value your family and I value our family and what God's doing. And I don't want to give the enemy any room in our family to destroy what God's been doing. Man, he wants to, but we're going to protect it. But that's the third thing, right? Your family, our family, the next family. Everyone in this room, outside of the Miller family, my family, and the Moinks family, Pastor Chris and Rachel and their kids, everybody except those two families at one time were the next family. Those of you who have been with us since day one, through some relationships, through some encounter, through some invitation, man, you engaged our families and you said, you know what, we want to walk with you in this new city church adventure and what was once the next family is now our family and it's a beautiful thing. And here's the deal, I love the idea that going into 2016, there are lots, lots, lots more of the next family. And when they walk in, here's what we have to remember to do. As the next family walks in, we have to remember to look behind us. Not just look forward towards the stage and towards the screen, but to look behind us to see who's the next family that's just came in so that we might be welcoming and loving and caring. Because we care about them. And we don't ever want a next family to come in and go, wow, nobody knew I was here. Nobody cared about me. They weren't ready for me in the kids' ministry. They weren't ready for me in the student ministry. Nobody said hi to me. Well, that must not and cannot happen here at New City Church because that next family matters. You'd matter. Somebody said hi to you. Somebody shook your hand. Somebody hopefully has gotten to know your story. And you're no longer next. Now you're a part of this family. I mean, we want to continue that with great, great intentionality. That's the third value. The fourth value um, is one that we've been talking about for quite some time, and it's the value of generosity. We value generosity at every single level. Holistic generosity. I mean, there's not a part of your life that you're ever going to hear me say, oh, well, that doesn't matter. No, from your money, to your time, to your talents, to your thinking, to your learning, to your growing up, all of those things. How can we give God our very best? How do we put God very first in every single area of our life? Man, we are going to be a generous church. We're going to be generous in-house, like to this family. We're going to be generous. And we're going to be generous on the other side of these walls as we do ministry for our neighborhood, hoping that they would become the next family. Like this spirit, like we will fight against greed. And we will fight against selfishness. And the way we will fight against those things is that we will intentionally choose to hold up the value of generosity. Because as we give, it's extremely difficult to be greedy and selfish when you are a person who is generous. Yeah, generosity sometimes means that you don't have so that they do. It does. Sometimes generosity, a lot of times generosity requires sacrifice. It's part of it. But man, I would much rather be a person who sacrifices my own needs and my own wants that will keep me from becoming greedy and selfish in the heart of I'm going to be generous towards those outside. Outside of myself. That is a value. Man, listen, I know it's, it's, it's fear-driven a lot of times. If I give, I won't have. And we kind of go through life like I'm doing right now with these clenched fists and we're scared and we're afraid. And man, the thing that I am just really love to do, but it's hard, but I love it, is to kind of come alongside you and begin to pry open your fingers. And, and it's hard because you put up a fight, you know? And it's like that game you play with your kids when you, when you hide a coin or you hide something and they're trying to get it out of your hand. That, that's what I'm trying to do. It's how do we get to be a people who will trust God with the things that He has given us and become generous with those. I'm telling you, we can't outgive Him. We cannot outgive God. That is a truth found in the Scriptures. What about the next value? 
Well, the next value would be this weird word, right? I love the word, but it's kind of weird. The word is sentness, S-E-N-T-N-E-S-S, that we are a sent people. Like we have this value that it's, there's so much more than just a Sunday morning hour on Sunday. That there's this value that we hold that we are the most powerful, we are the most lethal when we take this love and we take this generosity and we take this family expression and we take this truth and we go outside these walls and we let the world see it. You know, in the first uh, chapter of John, John says that the Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I mean, Jesus moved in. Like He, he didn't stay off away and, 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 and kind of an excluded high-rise and look down on the people. No, man, He moved in to the neighborhood and He engaged all different types of people. Not just the poor. He had wealthy friends. Not just the sick. Some of them were very, very well. He engaged all people types. He was sent. And we're called to be a sent people as well. And again, I know that's a struggle for some of us. Because, man, it's easier just to kind of hang with people we know, and it's kind of easy just to kind of do our spiritual thing. But, man, there is something exciting, sometimes scary, but exciting about going and serving outside of our comfort zones. There's something exciting about going, and you know what? On purpose saying, I'm going there so that I can, and you fill in the blank. I want to invite you, right? Because, listen, I'm saying this on purpose. This is a value that a lot of us have at New City. But this value, as we did conversations and observations, this value didn't get as many votes, as many uh, uh, accolades as some of the other values. Because the truth is, a lot of us in the room, we love and we celebrate all of the things that New City does. We're so excited about the outreach events. And we're so excited about the baptisms and what we do in the schools and what we do in the city and what we do in the neighborhood. And although we are excited about it, the truth is for many of us in the chairs this morning, this afternoon, is we've done none of it yet. We've heard the stories, we've seen the pictures, we've saw the videos, but the truth is that's, the, that's all we've done. We've yet to go. We've yet to serve. We've yet to get into the blood and the mud and the value of sitness. And this is my encouragement to you. Let's get dirty in 2016. Let's, let's get dirt on our jeans. Let's get dirt on our elbows. Let's have to use some Perel because we touched touch some, some filth. Let's have to wash our hands really well because we've gotten outside of our clean and cozy and we've engaged those outside of our church walls. If we don't, how are they going to hear? If we don't, how are they going to believe? How are they going to hear the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ? Here's how. We are a sent people. And it's not just about Sunday morning. It's about what happens outside of this context. Let's look at the next one. The sixth value. We're almost done. The sixth value is this. We value creating environments that lead to worship. Like, we love the idea that in any type of gathering, whether it be in your home, right? Whether it be over a cup of coffee, even on Sunday morning, that we create an environment where worship is encouraged to happen. And you're like, wait, Matt, you mean that when I'm having coffee at Starbucks with you, you're going to like whip out a harmonica and we're going to sing and worship right there? No, you don't want either one of those things to happen. But here's what it does mean, is that when we're at Starbucks together, the environment for worship could be this. Hey, let's take some time and I'm going to pray for you. You're going to pray for me before we leave this place. That's an attitude, an expression of worship. How do we create these environments in our home as our individual? Like when I think about like your family and I think about my family, like how do we have this value of environments for worship? 
And then when we come together as a church, how are we prepared to engage God in an expression of worship that includes music and singing? There's all different ways. Communion is an attitude of worship. Prayer, an attitude of worship. Declaring Scripture by reading God's Word is an attitude, a posture of worship. How do we create those environments? And we value that. And so when you come in on Sunday morning, listen, I'm not saying you have to have your hands raised up and moving around. That may not be your style. It's honestly not mine. Many times on Sunday morning, if you watch me, you'll see me on the front row with my hands in my pockets like this. And my heart is crying out. Maybe I'm singing as loud as uh, you want me to, but, I, but, the, but I'm engaged. But I want you to know that it's the posture of the heart coming to worship. What does your posture look like in a worship environment? Do you have your hands in your pockets because you just don't care and you don't like this song? No, that's not an attitude of worship. How do we create these environments where your heart can cry out to God, where the Holy Spirit can take root in your life and pray for the things for you that you don't know how to pray, how we can cry out, uh, Abba Father, on your behalf? I mean, we value those environments at every single level. The big collective on Sundays, story groups, and around the table, just sharing, sharing a meal and learning about one another. We value that. Here's the last one. The last value, and I saved it last on purpose, is we value you. Like, we got we to keep, keep this. We value you. Right where you are. I don't wait till you make the profession of faith of Jesus as Lord before I say I value you. In your brokenness, in your mess, in your addiction, I want you to know that you are valued here at New City Church. We love you. We are glad that you are here. And we are calling you, walking with you, pulling you towards what God has called you into. Into this declaration that He is the Lord of your life. That we value you right where you are, but we love you way too much to allow you to stay there. We love you way too much to allow you to stay there. We value you. I can go on and on and on. And here's a way. I had this conversation the other day with a, with a new friend of mine. And we were talking about how he feels welcome and at times when he hasn't felt welcomed. And I said, can I tell you what's important to me? I said, if you were to walk into this room right now, and if I were to see you and I were to think, oh, there's Wade. Well, that's pretty cool because I know your name. I said, but bud, when I wave at you, and I said, hey, Wade, how are you? Now you know that I know your name. I want to know your name. I want to know your story. I want this staff team and our leadership at every level, whether you're paid or unpaid, if you're, just, if you're someone that calls New City Church home, I want you to not only know people's names, I want you to let them know that you know their names and that we know their stories. That it's not just, hi, I shake your hand in the lobby and then you go grab a seat and then you go get in your car. No, it's that we walk slow enough to look people in the eye and we can say, hey Wade, how are you doing? And we can begin to learn their story and learn what they need to be prayed for and learn what they need to be encouraged in, but that we actually know who these people are. Now, why is that important? Why? Like, Matt, why is that such a value here at New City Church? Here's why. Because we care about people. We, we care about people. And if you're a person out there, and because and, 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 some people leave churches. It happens all the time, right? They leave for a variety of reasons. But I'm telling you, I, I, I am not okay with anybody ever leaving this congregation for this one reason. Nobody knew who I was. 
No one ever talked to me. People weren't friendly. Like, if you want to leave because you don't like me, because I don't have hair, or I have too much hair on my face, or because I'm too hard, that's fine. I'll take that. But I don't want you to leave because Matt never talked to me or because no one ever greeted me and got to know my name. Like, guys, that is so important. In a culture, in a time where we're so isolated and we're so separate and we just kind of get into our own little deal and we stay hidden in a way, listen, we have to engage. And not a freaky, make you nervous, anxious engagement, but an authentic one that says, hey, I know you're here, I'm glad you're here, and I hope that you stay here and join this family. That's the seven values. That's what we're leaning into, walking into, and preparing to actually be able to measure, engage, really, really straightforward as we move into 2016. I think they're values you agree with, but that's who we are as a church. A church that is founded on Scripture. A church that pulls people towards maturity. A church that values the family unit. A church that values generosity and how we are a people who give beyond ourselves. The people who are sent, who are called to our local neighborhoods. The people who love worship and giving the Spirit space to worship on our behalf. And then the value of you. That we want to walk with you, that we want to love you, and that we also expect that to be done to the next, and the next, and the next. And that's who we are. And I love it. I love it. And because of these things, I believe this with everything in me, because we're laser-focused on who we're going to be in 2016, God is going to bless us. I don't know what's going to happen in our world. It gets crazier and crazier every single day. But for this church, right, for this household of believers, we will follow the Lord. We will continue to confess Jesus as Lord and follow Him as ferociously and as loving as as intentionally as we possibly can. And I want to know, That when I look to my left and I look to my right, the people that are linked arms with me and linked arms with them and linked arms with you, that we're all saying, me too. And that's how we change the world. That's how we change your family. That's how we change your workplace. That's how we change our city. That's how we turn brown things green. Can I pray for us? Father, I ask that you would bless those who are in attendance today. God, may, be, may they be inspired by what you're doing in their, this collective, this body of believers, in this church that we call New City. And God, may we live up to our name. Acts chapter 8, verse 8 says, Then there was much joy in that city. Why was there much joy? Because Philip simply lived for you with great intentionality. Father, that's why we named it this. May we live up to the name. That we be a people that brings great joy to this city, that it becomes a new place. Why? Because our feet hit the ground. Because we walked on to the property. Because we came into the room. And when we did, you did. Because when we walked into the space, Father, everywhere we went, we acknowledged your presence, that you already own it, that you're already there, and you're just waiting for somebody to make you known. And Father, myself and this team and the people of this church, we want to make you known in all places at all times to the best of our ability. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.